The brutal bludgeoning of quarterback Mason Rudolph continues unabated as the beat-up Steelers face the Bengals. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. I guess it wasn't bad enough for Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph to be bludgeoned over the head with his own helmet by the Browns' Miles Garrett. No, many in the NFL are insisting Rudolph serve a suspension along with Garrett, who's out of the league indefinitely. Have we all gone mad? There's no comparison between Rudolph's frustrated baiting and Garrett rudely ripping off Rudolph's helmet and smashing it down on his cranium. This was an act out of the realm of anything remotely acceptable, even in the blood sport that is the NFL. There should be no softening the blow by dragging Rudolph into a suspension with Garrett. So let's just stop it. But it doesn't stop for the Steelers, does it? Thursday night in Cleveland was an ambush. It's clear now the Browns played a bounty bowl game, headhunting Steelers receivers to the tune of Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson, both down with concussions. Running back James Conner is also on the team's lengthy injury report, having shown this season he can't be a battering ram runner and hold up week after week. This is a huge problem, and the offensive depth the Steelers once enjoyed with the likes of veteran Giangelo Williams backing up Le'Veon Bell is long gone. Leaving veteran running back depth unaddressed this season turns out to have been a major oversight by Steelers GM Kevin Colbert. We're now relying on no names signed off the street to beat Cincinnati, who, by the way, always plays the Steelers pretty tough. How fast and how far the Steelers have fallen following that fun, exciting, but brief midseason ride during a four-game winning streak. Now we don't even know who the offensive players will be on Sunday. It makes for some depressing times in Steelers Nation. Even some Steelers analysts are saying Rudolph is far more culpable for the ugly ending in Cleveland. And Coach Mike Tomlin sounded all the wrong notes about the melee in his press conference. It's as if the Steelers have gone tone deaf after the blow to Rudolph's head. But not yours truly. I have all the true but depressing notes in my Steelers podcast, so... Let's start it and let's listen and weep. We begin at the top with Mike Tomlin, a coach never at a loss for words. So how did he manage to totally misfire on the message in wake of the Browns' brouhaha in which his best player, center Marquise Pouncey, was suspended three games for the very forgivable sin of defending his quarterback? This was a scenario tailor-made for Tomlin, who loves to wax poetic about Pouncey, but not this time. Here's some sour notes from his weekly presser. All right, I'll give him this. The coach started out okay. He sounded appropriately shocked and saddened by 
the Rudolph beating and its effect on the NFL's image. Quote Tomlin, quote, it was ugly. It was ugly for the game of football. I think all of us that are involved in the game, particularly at this level, want to safeguard and protect the game, its integrity, and in that instance, it was compromised, unquote. But Tomlin fumbled when it came to answering questions about lessons learned to prevent such an incident happening in the future. For Tomlin and his Steelers, there simply was nothing to learn here. Say what? Quote Tomlin, you'd have to ask those guys, meaning the Browns, quote, I don't know that we did anything to make it happen in the first place. That's why I said we didn't have anything to learn from it, unquote. After all that, Tomlin's discordant tones on the Rudolph tune-up by Garrett pushed some Pittsburgh sports scribes over the edge. Some of it was what Tomlin said about no lessons to learn, but a big part of it was what the coach didn't say, namely nothing about his star center who was now sitting out on a three-game suspension and this on an already talent-stripped Steelers offense. Among those flipping out was radio sports talker Andrew Filipponi, who tweeted this about Tomlin. Quote, bad job by Tomlin today. Deplorable. It took him an eternity to offer some defense of Marquise Pouncey, Mason Rudolph, and his team. Needed probing by a great reporter, Kevin Gorman, with Trib Live. The Browns' kitchen is sticking up for Miles Garrett, says he's good in the community. Tomlin, nothing. And this, also from Filipponi, quote, Marquise Pouncey did something that his teammates are loving and praising him for. Is it too much for Tomlin to go to bat for the guy? I guess so, unquote. Yes, Tomlin's take on the Rudolph beating was bad, but leave it to the national NFL press, aided and abetted by a few in the 412 area code, to really mix the message on Garrett's appalling behavior by saying the victim, Mason Rudolph, was partially to blame. To it, from a Trib Live column by Mark Madden, he writes, quote, O.J. Simpson absolved Garrett. Of course he did. Actor Samuel L. Jackson tweeted, Rudolph, quote, played badly, fought worse. Guilty as charged. ESPN's Josina Anderson insinuated and then deleted her comment via Twitter that Rudolph uttered a racial slur, adding, quote, never seen Garrett act like that ever, unquote. Except, of course, for week one when Garrett punched a Tennessee Titan and week two when Garrett's late hit ended the season of New York Jets quarterback Trevor Simeon. The NFL Network's Aditi Kinkawala chose to be just plain stupid, blaming the play call, quote, Why are you calling a pass anyway? Run a draw and call it a night, unquote. That doesn't justify committing assault with a deadly weapon. Same agenda, even Summer statement. Unquote. All that from Madden. Now, back in Steel Sane Steelers Nation, cooler heads were prevailing at least for a while. Mike Azidi with Pittsburgh Sports Live called out the misguided NFL media groupthink like this. Quote, 
National Show asked if Miles Garrett is taking too much heat for the brawl between the Steelers and Browns. The answer is still an easy no. While Rudolph triggered it and Pouncey kicked, Garrett is the only one who used a helmet as a weapon, which was the most egregious of all, unquote. Still, it wasn't just out-of-towners taking it to the already bludgeoned Mason Rudolph. Sports Dean John Staggerwalt summed up the situation thusly, quote, It was an ugly scene, and Garrett should and will pay a steep price for what he did. But let's take off the black and gold glasses and admit Rudolph threw a lot of gasoline on the fire, unquote. Hey, even sports talk show star Mark Madden went there as well with the Rudolph blame game. He wrote for Trib Live, quote, Mason Rudolph should have been suspended for one game after that melee at Cleveland on Thursday. I'm not outraged by Rudolph being merely fine, and I agree with the other discipline handed down. But Rudolph started it. Yes, Miles Garrett hit Rudolph a little late. But quarterback is a dangerous job. What Garrett did is part of the game. Rudolph initiated the actual fight when he and Garrett were on the ground and Rudolph tried to wrench off Garrett's helmet. When that was just about broken up, Rudolph charged Garrett with David DeCastro in proximity and two other Steelers approaching. That doesn't justify Garrett going nuclear. But Rudolph started it, then prolonged it, he isn't blameless. A one-game suspension would have been apropos, unquote, from Mark Madden. My take, hey, I usually love Madden's takes because he challenges conventional wisdom in Sports Crazy Pittsburgh. Of course, Madden would say there is no wisdom in Sports Crazy Pittsburgh, but that's another story. And I don't like his counter-conventional wisdom reasoning this time. And likewise, Steelers columnist Tim Benz was having none of it. He tweeted, quote, The amount of Cleveland fans who have convinced themselves that Rudolph is to blame and Garrett is somehow a victim is awe-inspiring. But the ugliest part for the Steelers is the toll the Browns took on the rest of their offensive roster. It leaves the Steelers with little to no firepower to beat the winless Bengals down in Cincy this Sunday. And need I remind anyone that the Steelers' O wasn't exactly firing on all cylinders before the Browns' bounty bowl. Here's how the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette sums up the sorry state of the Steelers' offense and the big challenge presented by an even blunted Bengals team. It all is coming from their Steelers' scribe, Jerry Dulac, who writes, quote, where do you want to start with a Steelers offense that is in desperate need of a change? With a running game that's averaging 3.5 yards per carry, that would be the lowest in 16 years? A passing game where the receivers are averaging 9.9 yards per catch, which would be the lowest since the 1970 merger? Or an offense in general that has scored 18 touchdowns in 10 games and is on a pace to match the lowest season total, 29 in 2003, since 1998? The Steelers have managed just one offensive touchdown in each of the last three games, something they haven't done since weeks 10 through 12 of the 2012 season. Coincidentally, 
that three-game stretch was also without Ben Roethlisberger. That's why the Steelers need to do something to change what they do offensively. Problem is, they're running out of people to do it with. The offense needs to find creative ways to score points, and that falls in the lap of offensive coordinator Randy Feekner. It's time to figure out ways to put some steam in the offensive engine, even if the options are limited. It will be Feekner's biggest chore since he became offensive coordinator. Unquote. All that from Jerry Dulac on the Steelers' woeful offense. Hey, I'm not going to bore you or depress you with all the bad stats this Steelers' O has compiled. But I will say this, Mason Rudolph is a big part of the problem. For me, it's his pocket presence. It's too stiff and far from shifty. I hate all his checkdowns to short passes. And I question his arm strength with all those balloon balls we've been seeing. But I stand by the Steelers' decision that the rest of the season is his to prove himself. Here's some other Rudolph takes circulating in Pittsburgh. Mark Madden, quote, Rudolph is not a winning QB at the NFL level. Take away one the games previous. Against the Browns, no takeaways, no chance, unquote. Andrew Filipponi, quote, If you're giving up on Mason Rudolph because of the way he's playing without Juju, Connor, a shaky O-line, with a short week on the road against a super desperate team, you're out of your mind, unquote. But perhaps the most accurate and certainly the most nuanced opinion, courtesy of Nick Farabaugh with SteelersDepot.com, quote, My thoughts on Mason Rudolph are he's certainly hit rough patches this year, and he hasn't been overly impressive. But that's why you have to play him the whole year. Give yourself a whole year to evaluate him and make a decision if he can be your future franchise QB, unquote. That is the correct take on our put-upon passer. That brings us to Sunday and what to expect the Steelers to do down in Cincinnati. Me, I'm looking for some big surprises on offense. The only question is whether the game plan the Steelers devise, with so many no-name fill-ins on offense, will be an exploding cigar blowing up in their own face, or an effective scheme of attack that exploits the clearly exploitable bungles. What won't happen is Rudolph being pulled for his popular backup, Devlin Duck Hodges. For the gritty QB who came back from a concussion against the Ravens and survived a helmet bludgeoning by the Browns. He is your passer, for better or worse, the rest of this Steelers season, which has been like no other. The ride is getting bumpy for sure, but it's far from over. And that is your Steelers update from Penn Live. Download the podcast every Wednesday afternoon wherever you download your favorite audio. And then, of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.